millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. everyone, welcome to Chart and Live, uh, the big match preview. It's Thursday the 18th of April, my name is Tom Wallin and joining me in the studio to look back at Freddie Olverstad's goal oh, in a man. 2-1 win uh, over Jurgarden, uh, over IFK Gothenburg's Nathan Muller. How you doing Nathan? Living back to good night. Joe feels like? It's gone. It feels like, you know when, uh, a lot of people relate to this, you know when your mum and dad go away and you get a free house? Yeah. Because Louis's away, which can have a big party. Well, That's I mean, what it feels like, but we're not. It's just a two. We could do. We could do. <laughs> do you see the Jurgarden game on Monday? No. No? Ah, oh, that's a shame. I, I could tell that you did. Yeah, well, funnily enough, didn't see the game. but yeah, uh, right. got a season ticket or something. <laughs> Fly over there. I, I'll let you all into my little mind. I was uh, I was at the gym Monday, walking home, and uh, listening to Chart and Live, actually. Sunday's Chart and Live, which I thought was excellent. And, uh, Thank you. Senses popped up and thought, mm, I think there might be a Jurgarden game going on. <laughs> Check live score. There it is, 1-0, Olverstad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we ended Luton's 28-game run, didn't we? And hunting down the top two, 10 games unbeaten. But I'll be honest, my week only got really good when Chant Legend bagged a goal on Monday. That's strong, so, that is. <laughs> have you seen the goal? No. Tell you. Six yards out, bullet header. <laughs> Clinical. St- stuff stuff of dreams. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Uh, as you didn't watch it, I guess we'll talk about Charlton. Um, we've got a few things coming up. We'll hear from Igor Vetekele following his goal against Luton last weekend. Uh, discuss the season ticket announcement this week. Talk about Men's Health Awareness Day, which is going to take place on the day of the Scunthorpe game. Uh, hear from Jim Dutton on the importance of getting PSA tested. Um, it's something he did when uh, the testing happened last time. Uh, and then we'll start to look ahead to Oxford. We will hear from David Pritchard, the chief sports writer at the Oxford Mail. Uh, and of course, we'll hear from Lee Bowyer uh, ahead of tomorrow's trip to Oxford. Um, but as I say, we will start with Igor Vetekele. Uh, he spoke after Saturday's 3-1 victory at home to Luton last week. Uh, and he started by describing the afternoon as a special one. It was uh, pretty special. We got uh, down no one first half. And um, yeah, second half we gave everything and uh, we came back and we won the game. But um, it was a very good week for us. And... Um, yeah, everyone's happy with the nine points this week. And also, it gives Charlton, uh, takes Charlton to within three points now of that top two. And you know, a month ago, people might not have thought we had any chance of getting into the automatic promotion places, but we've got as good a chance as anyone now. Yeah, we do have, but uh, we just have to focus on ourselves and um, try to win uh, the remaining games, and um, then we'll see for the rest. Is it a case of just making sure you win as many games as possible to maybe put a little bit of pressure on those teams above us when we've seen some points again today? It is. Um, it's not really in our hands, so uh, all we have to do is try to win every game that's left, and that's going to put pressure on the other teams. And obviously coming into the, to today, we knew that Luton were on this unbeaten run, 28-game unbeaten run, but 
you know, not many teams have come to the Valley and got a result this season. So, were you confident going into today? Of course, uh, I think everyone was confident. Um, we're a very good team uh, at home, away also, but um, I think we're at home we got um, that little bit extra and when we can uh, get the fans behind us, uh, we're a difficult, very difficult team to beat. What did you, um, the big talking point in the first half, the challenge by the goalkeeper on you, Lee's come in and said it was a definite red, what was, what was your assessment of it? <laughs> well, I'm not a, a referee, so I don't make the rules. Um, I've been told that um, I didn't have the ball anymore, so it was not a goal-scoring opportunity. So uh, it's not much I could do about that. Do you accept that though? Do you think that's do you think that's the correct call that you, because because you kicked it that it shouldn't count as a, a red card offence? Uh, I could think a lot of things, but my opinion doesn't count. So uh, as a player, you need to focus on the game and try to continue. But am I okay with it? No, but yeah, you just got accepted. Yeah, yeah. So with your goal, um, great run by Christian before that wins possession, doesn't he? And slides you, and it's a really neat finish. You must have been pleased, a big, big moment to turn the tie, turn the game round. Yeah, yeah, very pleased. Um, missed a couple of chances before, but um, yeah, it was a perfect uh, opportunity to, to score and uh, get two one up. Do you, in terms of the football at the moment, how much is this the most you've enjoyed it at Charlton, or would you say there's other periods of your Charlton career you've enjoyed more because you're getting games now? Lee's talking about, you, about the fact you're getting fitter after your shoulder injury and sort of coming back into the side. How, how do you kind of view things? Uh, I've got a couple of moments that I enjoyed, like for example the, the first month um, when I came here, but I'm definitely enjoying now also. Um, for me, coming from far with that, with that shoulder injury and just needed games to get back on the level where I wanted to be and um, I'm playing more games now, I'm getting more game time, so... It's easier to, to get at the level where I need to be. Do you, in terms of the partnership with Lyle, that's working well as well, isn't there? There was a bit of pressure, obviously, with Carlin going for someone to step in, and it looks like you've, you've taken the opportunity. Yeah, well, I wasn't worrying about that because um, we've played a couple of games in pre season with Lyle and um, was going very well. So, so um, yeah, I was, I was confident that we were going to find each other on the pitch, and uh, Lyle is a good player. So am I. So, uh, yeah, we're doing the best we can make up. What, what do you make of Arles' contribution this season? I think that's 21 goals for him now. I mean, as a striker, I guess, yeah. it'd be the same for you probably at the start of the season. If you were playing every week, you'd be looking at the 20-goal mark, wouldn't you? I don't know. Well, I don't know about that. But, um, yeah, he's a very important player for, uh, for Charlton and um, he's getting us a lot of goals and points. So um, everyone is happy with, the, with his contribution for the team. What about your own future? Do you think about that too much in terms of what you think could, could happen for um, you? Is a future for you here at Charlton? I've got a family, so of course I think about my future, but for me the most important thing now is trying to get promotion with Charlton and uh, we'll take it from there. Would you talk to the club first or would you wait for them to come to you? How would it, how would it normally, would it normally uh, work? At the moment, I don't know how, how the situation is, so uh, like I said, I'm going to focus on the target for, for Charlton and uh, we'll see in a couple of weeks. Do you think being a team like Luton, 28 games unbeaten, it's obviously you're flying along as a team as well, 11 unbeaten, it's, you seem in a really, really good place as a team, do you think that, that can carry on, that can have an impact on the playoffs if that's where you end up in the end? It can, it can, it gives us a massive boost and um, gives us confidence, it shows that we are capable of beating uh, top teams and um, that's what we're going to have to try to do uh, if you want to get promotion.
Igor Vettikele there speaking after the 3-1 win against Luton at the weekend. Um, Nafi mentioned there the need to concentrate on ourselves. Obviously, as fans, we're not doing that. We're all dreaming of the top two. But how important do you think it is for players to focus on themselves? And how easy do you think it is for Boya to kind of keep the players grounded and keep them focused? Yeah, it's, it's going to... Um, I think it's important that we do stay, like you say, stay grounded. Because uh, at the end of the day, it, it only takes one you know, one slip or one lapse in con- concentration in a game and you could be winning. So like, for example, tomorrow we could be 1-0 up, could be cruising, lapse in concentration, then you drop two points and then all of a sudden those that top two were looking probably unlikely. So um, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, um, but obviously we, we be confident. Um, I think we have every right to be confident that, you know, be 11 unbeaten now. And um, But yeah, we just need to take Oxford and then let's not look too far ahead because I think Oxford is probably the trickiest game I think out of the the remaining games. Um, but I think it'll be a, a telling sign come sort of Monday evening on where you know what we're going to be able to do. I think and possibly even on Sunday. So yeah, I think Bo Boya Boya's been doing it all season. He, he hasn't got been carried away. He's always said we're aiming for top two, even when. You know, me myself. There was a, there was a point I think it was like ten points off. Mm. I thought it was a bridge too far, and we've closed that gap. So, one game at a time, and um, we don't want to get too carried away because what you don't want is start getting complacent, start getting too arrogant. Um, you want that swagger, but not too much. Um, Eagles' performances. We've spoken about him before. Uh, I think we've seen him improve week on week. Where he improved, I'm not sure. I know me and Louis, there were a couple of times where I thought he was there and Louis wasn't sure, but I think we probably all agree now. He, he's certainly getting closer. How how close was the performance of the weekend to the Eagle we first saw in the Championship, do you think? Um, it's closer. Um, I still think there's still a few, a few a couple, two, three games off, from, I think, to see what he was like. Um, I mean, for fans who didn't see him with that first game at Brentford away, mm. it was a striker of... Um, of strength, of hard work, of somebody who was clinical. Um, and he's just been really, you know, he's been blighted by injuries and sort of not been at the club. Um, and it's just a shame, really, because I think if this if, if this was, say, I don't know, January, I think it would be really, really positive. And I just think the season's ending just as he's starting to kick on a little bit, which is a shame. But, listen, I've been an Igor fan for ages and I know when we was playing him when we were, he wasn't fit and we were saying oh do we give Parker a go because he is fit and it's like well the only way he's going to get sharper is if you give him match time you can run around the training ground for hours and hours and then but match fitness is where it counts and and I think from the Plymouth game from where Plymouth game when we were down there he, he, he looked like he started getting into the groove again and then obviously the Wickham game and then obviously on Saturday um, so yeah he's looking good at the moment but he just now he's got that sort of you know, that that hunch off his shoulder or whatever it is, you know, and he's got that little goal in his bank. Hopefully he'll kick on there, but, you know, we've only got a couple of games left, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it, we'll, he's, get, he's getting there, but there's still a while off for me. Yeah, you mentioned Josh Parker there, and, and Boya was asked about Igor in the press conference today. We'll hear about that in a second, but he also talks about him and Josh Parker and their kind of competition for places. Uh, you mentioned there about maybe the season finishing too early, and, and Igor was asked about his future. He was fairly coy and said said the right things he's thinking about promotion at the moment uh, I mean firstly do you think he's earned the new contract secondly do you think we'll offer him one and then thirdly do you want to keep him it's hard to say if he's earned it because I mean he's been out a long time 
Um, and yeah, by you know, as much as I'm happy with the last three games or whatever it is, he's been, you know, really good. Would you say he's earned it? Probably not. But that's not any disservice to Igor. It's just he's played a handful of games. Mm. Will he get offered one? Um, I think if we're in this league, probably not. I don't think we'll be able to afford him. I, I would imagine um, he's probably in one of the in the higher echelons of our wage structure, considering we did get him on championship wages. Um, if he decided, if we did stay in this league or indeed go up, and who knows what's around the corner? You don't know. I mean, like you said, he's got a, he's got a newborn baby and uh, well, a young baby, um, so he's going to be looking out for a family. Will he? Will he want to stay in London? Will he want to settle? Will he want to go back to you know, sort of Denmark or France? Who knows? But um, hopefully, uh, we can go up and then because I still think he he can do a job. I just think he needs a, that full preseason, no breakdown and injury, and then. We'll see what happens, but so if we got to the championship and it was up to you, you'd, you'd be offering him a deal. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, enough. yeah, I mean, if you look at the whole situation, if if we do let him go and we do have Lyle, I mean, <laughs> realistically, how are we going to be able to get two free strikers f- with the money that Bowie will be given at the with the current ownership? I don't think you're going to get many. Yeah. If you look at the the youth team, there are people coming in or coming up, um, but are they championship ready? No. So I think he he would be a good sort of pedigree for the championship. I'm not saying he's going to go banging thirty goals, which I did, which he did, but but I think definitely he's worth a punt. But I think if we don't go up, uh, I think I don't think he'll be here. Well, the gaffer was asked about Eagles' performances, as I say, in today's press conference, uh, and he started by discussing what he puts Eagles' change in form down to. Uh, so we'll just hear from Bowie now. Um, hard work. I think if you get if you work hard, you get rewarded. That's, that's any player. Um, you've always had to be patient. Obviously, uh, Red Lowe and, and Carl doing well. And he was unlucky with his with his shoulder, and he came back and. Wasn't fair really to just throw him, throw him in the deep end, but we had no choice. Um, and, and I think with games, he's got fitter, and and obviously his movement is improving. He's looking sharper. So um, yeah, he's he's doing well. When. You first came across him on your arrival. Did you find a player short of confidence? Yeah, it was, obviously he'd been away a long time, hadn't he? Um, and, and the first time I actually see him properly was, I think, when we played QPR pre-season away, and, and he scored a good goal. I thought, okay, this could work. Um, but then again, then he got injured against Wedding. He was out for maybe six weeks, fell behind, and he's just been playing catch up all, all ever since, really, with his fitness. Um, then, like, he came back from that, and then he done his shoulder, and then he, he went out, and so he's been in and out really most of the season. But thankfully, we've we've got his fitness up, and and he's looking sharp, you know, like he's. And I think Saturday, he was outstanding. Each game seems to be getting better and better. I think on the Tuesday against Wickham, he was very good. Um, so, yeah, I think each game is getting better and better and uh, getting fitter, and, and, and that shows. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. 
What have you and the coaches done to replenish that lost confidence in him? Um, nothing really. Like he, he, he understands the situation we're in, and as a footballer, you, you're always being watched. He got his contracts up in the summer. He has to do well. Otherwise, no one will take him. That's that's the reality of football. So, yeah, he has to do well for for himself. But first of all, if he does well for us, then it's putting him on the radar. And he's got this opportunity. And I said to him, if you have this opportunity, go and grab it. Like, go and grab it with both hands. And and that's what he's doing. But made him do extra running and sharper stuff, sprints. And I said to him. What I've been telling all the other strikers, don't get marked in the box. And, um, and he's doing well. He's naturally good in the air. And and physically he's good, holds the ball up well. So that's something that we we didn't have with Carlin. So, OK, we might have lost the, the threat down the sides, but he's brought something different to us. So um, we have to adapt. To, to the way he plays, but he's starting to run in behind a bit as well. And so yeah, he's he's done well since he's got fit. I think he's done well. In the beginning, when he first came back in, it was tough for him. He hadn't played for a long, long time. And um, to come in and then everyone expects you to be hit the ground running. It takes time, you know. Um, so yeah, he's he's done well though. I'm, I'm happy with the place he's at, he's at at the moment. Are his, are his fitness levels now what you demand from the rest of the players? Yeah, yeah. And that, I think you can see that in his performance. Your fitness is the most important thing because if you can't run around, you're no good to anybody, no matter how good you are. So, um, especially as a striker, you need to be able to run away from your defenders. So, on, on Tuesday night, I think he won headers and then got onto his own flicks. So, yeah, I'd say... His fitness is the most important thing for him, and to maintain that. So, uh, and then he, he will he will score more goals. Igor said that he knew he could prove himself alongside Lyle Taylor. Do you share that optimism? Yeah, that's up to him. It's up to him if he if he wants to work hard, and he's obviously got ability. Scores goals. I think before he had the injuries when he first arrived. Everyone kept telling me how good he was, and he was scoring for fun. Um, I think he could have scored a few more. Like even when we put him on at times, I think he's missed a couple of headers earlier on in the season. And apparently that's his strong point. Like he's, he's good in the air. So, but now I'm I'm excited because I'm I'm seeing a player that I heard so much about. And to be fair to Igor, he's worked hard to get to that 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 stage, and, and, and a lot of his hard work and and. and Obviously, his fitness, and we can keep him fit between now and the end of the season. I have no doubt he'll score goals because we we do create chances. Is it like having a new signing in the camp? Yeah, you, you could say that, but he's he's always been here, but he's just never really been fit. So, and again, because he wasn't playing regular because of the other two that, that was doing well, then it was tough for him, you know. And, to, to keep your fitness up playing 10, 15 minutes here and there. It's not been enough, but to get them 90 minutes under his belt is definitely improving because of that. 
Debo, you're there uh, speaking today and indicating that perhaps the 90 minutes or the regular 90 minute games have, have helped Igor play his way right back into form. Uh, moving on, said we mentioned season tickets, they're back on sale uh, this week. Season ticket holders will have been getting uh, emails and handouts and various things. Uh, the cheapest uh, remains in the lower north where you and I are, Nath. Uh, £210, I think the family stand is the same. Slight increase, uh, and then up to £520 in the middle of the East and West, which are the most expensive. Um, it says you need to renew by the 6th of May for early bird, um, but there's no indication of the prices after that. What do you make of the prices, Nath? I, I haven't researched other clubs, but I came out earlier in the week and said, despite the fact it's a, it's a slight, fairly low increase, to me it seems short-sighted to be raising prices at this stage. But then again, are we surprised? Uh, am, I, am I wrong or, or does it make sense to you to be raising prices? Um, I think in an ideal world, if we end up getting championship football and I'm paying 210 quid, I ain't going to grumble. Um, and listen, I think season tickets, I think... Uh, I don't, I don't think they generate a huge amount in terms of revenue, in terms of um, like our budget and all that sort of stuff. But I think if you're asking to pay a little bit more, I think you're mm. expecting a little bit more for in the background as well, in terms of both you getting some some help or um, you know get, getting a little bit more in terms of budget. But we probably know what the answer that's going to be at yeah. this current climate, um, and that and that that's my sort of grumble really. I don't mind pay, I'd pay probably a lot of money to see this team play because that's what I love um, but I think it needs to go hand in hand with the intent of the you know upstairs spending money as well because I think it's a it's a joint thing do you know it's like a joint venture for me And but yeah I can't see it but I think 210 quid for championship football it's which we are finishing second aren't we really uh, <laughs> but no I think you can't really grumble but listen if people want to pay it, I know there's a lot of going around in terms of People, some people don't want to pay out and give a load of money, blah, blah, blah. Listen, everyone does what they want to do and how they spend their own money. So I'm game for it, so I'll be doing it. Stuff. Um, it's one of those ongoing things, I guess, as well. Uh, as I say, it's a bigger problem than, than just our club. But as you say, you'll, you'll pay because you love the club. And mm. unfortunately, or, or fortunately, if you're a football owner, you're always going to have those people that come in. So effectively, you can charge what you want. As I say, it might might depend on, on what happens after the 6th of May, um, certainly whether we're up or not uh, and what those price rises are. But I still, like you, think that £210 ticket is certainly pretty good value for money. Um, moving on, our game on Monday at home to Scunthorpe is Men's Health Awareness Day. Uh, and as part of that day, the fans can have a PSA blood test at the stadium. Uh, last year, the club became the first to host PSA testing on a match day and over 300 people got tested. Um, and the test can help diagnose problems including prostate cancer, which is the most common cancer in men. Uh, the test is aimed at men over 45 and anyone being tested will be asked for a £5 donation. Uh, now, of the 300 people tested last year, 10 received red letters. Uh, and one of those was Jim Dutton. You might know him on Twitter as uh, James Seed or it's Jimmy Seed's grandson. Um, I caught up with him today to discuss the process and the importance of being tested. Uh, and he started by telling me why he went along in the first place. Um, well, I signed up for the Prostate Cancer UK ride to Amsterdam, um, more as a cycling challenge than anything else. It's just I needed to get going again, and I hadn't been on the bike for a few months. Um, so it turned out that I was at the Valley um, on the day uh, of the prostate cancer tests because um, we had a team picture taken on the pitch. So um, I thought, well, while I was there, I might as well have the... Uh, the test, you know, yeah. I, wasn't, I don't have a family history of prostate cancer or anything else. So, um, I have a, I'm not exactly 
history, so I, I had a sort of underlying um, worry. Um, so yeah, I just went up, had the test, which uh, literally only took 30 seconds to a minute, and uh, and I forgot all about it after that, actually. And um, for anybody who's worried about the test itself, I mean, you say it only takes 30 seconds. What is it? Just a, literally just a pinprick? No, it's it's more than a pinprick. They take um, they take blood. Uh, so okay. It's a syringe in the in the arm. Um, simple blood test, literally 30 seconds. It's back, to be honest, and, and it's painless. Okay, great. And then um, I understand that you then received a letter. So kind of just tell us a little bit about what happened after the test. Um, a few weeks later, I received the letter, um, and apparently I was a red case, which meant that my PSA test was, um, the results were quite high. Uh, and they advised me to go immediately, even on the same day I received the letter for a test, um, uh, to go and see my GP to be referred to a specialist. And uh, it's actually quite quite scary, to be honest. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I did go and see the GP, uh, and I was very lucky actually. On the day that I received the, the letter, or the day that I went to see the GP, um, the government's uh, body advising on these things called NICE um, had had uh, ruled that anybody with a high PSA reading now has a right to have an MRI scan rather than a more invasive biopsy. Okay. So um, I armed with that information. I requested an MRI scan and uh, I think within within two weeks I had an MRI scan and very luckily for me uh, it showed that I didn't have cancer. I just had an enlarged prostate which um, they advised me to, you know, keep an eye on. They said that I should have another PSA test, um, which I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks, just to make sure it's simple. It's a simple enlarged prostate, and an enlarged prostate, you know, can cause issues as you get older. Um, but there are ways of managing that. Um, lots of different ways, and there are lots of new treatments as well. So, uh, long term, um, I. Uh, I won't say my problems are over, but uh, yeah, it's a, a good result for me. And I, and I guess the, the scary thing would be that up until that blood test, there wasn't any noticeable symptoms or anything that you were aware of that had flagged to you the need to go, I guess, to have that test in the first place. Well, well basically, a couple of my work colleagues at ITV News had, uh, had, had prostate issues. One of, one of them turned out had prostate cancer and had his prostate removed. And the other was like me, he had a, an enlarged prostate, but he had uh, more severe symptoms, so he had a, a prostate reduction performed by a um, robot surgery um, right. using the Da Vinci machine, which uh, highly recommended. Um, it's the way they treat the, the disease in, in America. It's uh, far less invasive than um, the, the normal treatments you have now. Um, but, you know, you don't need to have symptoms be tested. If you don't need a family history, everybody should get tested if they're over 50, because the key is getting uh, treatment early. It's far more treatable if, if you catch it in the early stages, um, and it's a relatively straightforward procedure, whichever treatment you have. So that's that's the first thing. You know, it doesn't matter if you're fit, have a good diet, or or anything. It's uh, it, it can just it's it's a fairly random um, disease. Although you know there are slight concerns if, if you have it in the, the family you're 10% more likely to have prostate cancer in it if you don't
Brilliant. Um, and so I guess there, your final message there is anyone debating getting tested this weekend, just do it because as you say, it, it's just better to get it done and, and get the news, whatever it is, than, than for that to go unnoticed. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I was lucky in that I, I literally just walked through the fans' bar because I was um, I had to meet someone um, from the ride there and uh, they were just doing the test as I walked past and I thought, oh, what the hell? My son was with me and I said, hey, look how brave I am, watch this. You know? <laughs> and um, I'm really glad I did because otherwise my symptoms would have got gradually worse and I'd be worried and you know, at least I know now exactly what the situation is. And, um, and I believe one or two people who went along to the test at the Valley um, had a, a more, uh, had, did work in terms of had um, issues and had treat, successful treatment. So, you know, you, you, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Cullen, with this call on the near side, love it to Pierce. Yeah! It's Goodhuller and it's Bellick with the header. Thought it was going towards Pierce. It went instead to the Arsenal loanee, who's buried his first goal in a Charlton shirt, and Charlton now have a 2-1 lead with only three minutes left of normal time. And they've been putting Southend under pressure for the last two or three minutes, and Cullen's corners all game have been excellent, but a lot of them have been deep towards the back post. Not that time, it was swung in hard and low towards the near when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Post. Billick made a brilliant run, got away from his man and thundered a header into the near post. Oxley had no chance in the south end goal and with what, two and a half minutes left, Charlton have regained the lead and lead here 2-1. Charlton Live. Thanks to Jim there for interrupting his holiday for us. Um, the PSA testing, if you do want to go along, it's undertaken by the Barry Kilby Prostate Cancer Appeal. Uh, it'll be available from 11.45 to 2.45 in the fans bar, which is at the back of the North Stand. Um, and obviously just a reminder that that is on Monday's game, not tomorrow, which is taking place at Oxford. Uh, and that's what we're going to look ahead to now. Um, earlier this week, I spoke to David Pritchard, the chief sports writer at the Oxford Mail. Uh, and he started by telling me that the Addicts are coming up against an inform Oxford side. Yeah, um, well, you actually are coming to us with Oxford in their um, best position of the season by some way, which is 12th. Uh, they started the season kind of with hopes of getting in the playoff mix, I suppose. Um, that was pretty quickly extinguished, uh, having picked up, I think it was five points from the first 11 games, which left them bottom. Um, they then sort of strung together a, a decent run, um, which included the draw at the Valley, um, before hitting the wall at Christmas, 
uh, losing run over there sort of sent them back into the bottom four uh, and then they have steadily kind of worked their way back out of it and then really sort of hit the accelerator in the last six weeks or so. I think they've won six of the last nine, um, which sort of ended their um, relegation concerns. Um, so they are in this fairly unusual position of having a month to go uh, and having sort of five games, four games now um, with the pressure off and sort of being able to look ahead to next season and maybe trying out one or two things. So um, they're probably, I suppose, they're the sort of team everyone wants to play at this point, but um, the pressure's off a little bit. And we saw on Saturday, although they didn't win, um, they played some good stuff. And uh, I guess it can go one or two ways when the when you don't have anything really sort of tangible to play for. You either sort of are on the beach or the lack of pressure means you can kind of be a bit more expressive and that's what we saw um, on Saturday. Uh, it has been a bit of a grind in recent weeks but they have um, got the results and then they were a little bit, played, played with a bit more flair which I think, you know, is obviously what Carl Robinson wants his teams to, to play. Um, so it should be a good game um, this Friday. I think, uh, yeah, one of the things from our perspective, we uh, we played Luton at the weekend who obviously were coming off a 28-game unbeaten run, and yeah. Charlton fans we spoke to were m- much more confident about that game than they are uh, on Friday, given the uh, the right. recent run of Oxford as well. And obviously, as you mentioned there, Carl Robinson coming up against a former manager. Um, what do they make of Carl Robinson, the fans? Our frustration under him tended to be his 4-2-3-1 and his, his stubborn refusal, really, to change this up. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned there about the flair, and I saw articles from your paper this week on from Massinio and Mark Sykes, both saying they're being rewarded by expansive play. Is that something that he has changed up? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, he, he uh, ditched the 4-2-3-1 in when actually they, they were at that point where they, they'd only picked up five points from 11 games. And it was sort of a um, kind of, we've got to try something else. And he went to a 4-3-3, which actually has served them pretty well. And he sort of tinkered a little bit. Um, they were 4-2-3-1. Uh, last week, um, but then four three three against Wimbledon. So yeah, he has shown a little bit of more kind of flexibility uh, tactically um, this season. I know that was a sort of frustration with yeah. you guys, and, and we had that um, at the start of this season as well. But uh, I think probably the the sort of results that they were having. I mean, admittedly, they were mitigating factors in terms of injuries and things like that. But um, it did force him. Um, to kind of do something a bit different. Um, he has definitely, this I would think this season, he has come under more pressure than he's had at any other time in his career. Um, and he is only just now, you know, a year into the job, kind of starting to win some people round again. You know, he has come under um, plenty of pressure from the terraces. Mm. Uh, he, I mean, what has helped him is he was... Kind of brought in. Well, there was a takeover here just over a year ago, and he was kind of the first big decision that they, that the new owners made. Um, so he has been there, very much their man, or his man, and um, that I think that has bought him a bit more time. Um, they certainly seem to be kind of a bit more quite sort of understanding of the, the problems that he's faced this season. So, uh, but then you know he uh, was shortlisted for manager of the month. Uh, for March, and I think quite the reaction to that story, was, you know, was quite a lot of fans saying, you know, I've had a go at him all season, but um, you know, fair play, he has 
you know, got us out of the, the, the mess. So um, he's starting to, you know, as ever with these things, results are king, aren't they? And if, if he starts, I think probably the first kind of 10, 10 games next season will kind of define how he, his time at Oxford goes. You know, if they get off to a bad start again, the questions will resurface. If he gets off to a good one, then, you know, I think Oxford fans are perfectly happy to uh, swallow their pride and, and, uh, and get behind him. And, and do you think he'll be given funds to to expand in the summer? I mean, we were mentioning just before the interview that Oxford have obviously been served another winding up petition by the landlords for unpaid rent. Mm. Suggests perhaps that he's going to have his hands slightly tied and there's a bit of an issue there. Is that something that could hamper him over the summer? And has that been kind of hampering him this season as well? Yeah, I think it will, they, there have been repeated sort of off-field issues um, in terms of cash flow, and so the, the takeover they had uh, was from a, a gentleman uh, in, from Thailand who was involved with Reading before. Um, a lot of their issues appear to have been moving the money um, from the Far East into the country. We had this; uh, uh, they had from paying their staff uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was all down to, well, according to the club, that the money was moved in time, but there were issues with checks and things from the banking system that, that uh, delayed matters. I mean, it's, they have put, they have had several wind-up petitions that have been settled fairly quickly. Um, the money seems to be there. It just seems to be just not getting there on time. I mean, from Cole's point of view, that side of things doesn't help, especially when he, I mean, he was among those that, weren't, that was paid late. Um, however, he has had I think well, he has said the eighth biggest budget in League One. Um, the chairman said a couple of weeks ago that may be reduced slightly going forward. Um, so, I mean, if it takes, maybe they they have more of a kind of mid-table budget next season, which obviously makes things a little more difficult. But it, it should still be competitive. Okay, he's um, not the only connection between the two clubs as well. I know you had Ricky Holmes earlier this season, who's now yeah. out, I think, on loan. Um, but also Atme Kashi, who got sent off the other week. Will he be back for the game? And if so, how how have they kind of reacted to Kashi as a player? Yeah, uh, he, I would imagine he'd be back. It was only a one-game ban, and it was I don't know if you're aware of the sort of circumstances. Yeah, was he sent off for running back on the pitch as a sub or something? That's right, yeah. He'd been booked in the game at Warsaw and was taken off because he looked like he could be a candidate for a second yellow card. Uh, and then Oxford went through in the last seconds and won scored to win 3-1 and him and another sub ran on in jubilation to go and celebrate in, in with the away fans obviously <laughs> the yellow card offence and uh, Cassie gets a red card so but actually I mean he came in uh, as a January signing and at that point Carl was under quite a lot of pressure and it looks like it, it was sort of jobs for the boys a little bit yeah. and, it, and it definitely took Cassie a little while he had a, had a virus when he came over uh, or we went fairly quickly after coming over. Um, so it took a while for us to really see what sort of player he was. But um, in this run, they had a run of four successive wins, which um, ended at the weekend. And Kashi was fantastic in those uh, games. And people, and actually, funny enough, the way, the manner of his red card, sort of the passion that he showed, and yeah. he, he can do no wrong at the moment with supporters. And I think that, I mean, Carl's already said that they, they'd love to bring him back on a permanent deal in the summer um, and I don't think anyone would would uh, be unhappy about that he's been uh, he's been very good for us 
Great. And then just looking ahead to the game, anyone else in terms of danger men that Charlton should be wary of? Who are the fans going to be looking out for? Um, I think probably uh, a couple that may... Well, Gavin White, who fans who were at the Valley that night would will probably remember his goal uh, for Oxford. He uh, back, uh, was, uh, had a little niggle recently. Um, was outstanding on Saturday against Wimbledon. He's a right-winger. Um, still pretty raw. He's come out of Northern Ireland football uh, last summer which is any sort of semi-pro level, but uh, he's, he's really made the step up and has played full senior internationals this season. Um, so I'd expect him to continue down the right. Um, another one, uh, his, sort of his under-21 colleague, Mark Sykes, uh, I think he's someone who, he's an attacking midfielder. They, him and White link up fantastically well. And uh, I think with this sort of five-game season that they've got with, with the pressure off, I think he's someone that they will look to give a run to with a view to kind of um, getting him set for next season. Yeah. Uh, he came over in January, another one from Northern Ireland. Um, has had sort of fairly limited opportunities so far, but looks a, a real talent as well. Um, so there, there would be two. Uh, obviously, Cashy, you know about um, up front. They've got the lad Jerome Sinclair, who's on loan from Watford. Uh, has sort of he arrived with a very underwhelming goals return um, but he is starting to he's got four goals since um, the end of January um, he's been quite important for Oxford as well so uh, yeah I think I think it should be a good game I know Carl's looking forward to it he was already talking to him <laughs> uh, talking about it after the final whistle on Saturday I know he sort of keeps a close eye on what's going on at the Valley and uh, he's still in touch with you know Lee Bowie and Johnny Jackson and things so um, yeah it should be it should be a good one David Pritchard there from the Oxford Mail uh, saying that Carl is, is definitely looking up, uh, looking forward to this and I don't think we're particularly surprised about that. Nath, how much of a threat could Oxford be? We've spoke about it earlier and we've talked about it for a few weeks. We see this as perhaps the, the place we might slip up. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult game um, without sort of banging the same drum that, um, you know, that Bowyer does. It's, you know, every game at this point of the season is going to be tough. Gillingham's going to be tough. Scunthorpe is going to be tough. Um, but it's just, you know, it's ironic really that the, hard, the hardest game that I think it will be, which will be tomorrow, is a team that hasn't really got anything to play for. Um, and it probably would be the other way, you'd think, and it'd be mm-hmm. one of the easiest ones. But uh, with Robbo being there, it's going to add a bit of spice. He's, you know, he'll get on with bows, but he's going to want to win a game, you know, and he's entitled. He's not just going to roll over and just let us win just because he used to manage the club. Um, and, and we know Robbo's not like that, and, and I wouldn't expect him to. So it could be a tricky game. Um, they've got some good players, like Jerome Sinclair and stuff. Um, he was obviously at Sunderland. Um, but yes, it'd be, it'd be difficult. But if we play the way that we know we can, we could beat anyone. Is he going to spoil the game again? Because here he, he kind of yeah. set up very defensively, tried to just kind of minimise our threat as much as he can. Can you see him doing that again? And you know, would he would he feel a nil nil or a one all? He'd be happy with that, or do you think he's going to come out and play, being I've, at home and yeah. with the new expansive play that that David spoke about there that they've seen in recent weeks? Is that going to encourage him to try and do that more? Do you think? I, ju- I mean, I don't really see what he's going to going to gain from it by trying to, to try and he's obviously going to try and nullify our strengths like you do on every game but I think he'll have a go I don't think there's no, no point in playing for a draw I mean what's the point um, I know he probably won't want to lose against us but he's they're, they're at home they've got nothing to lose they've got no pressure they can go out and like you say be expansive be expressive um, and I think they will do that and 
and I think that probably might play into our hands if they are too expensive and too um, too attacking because we can pick teams off. But he did put someone on Josh Cullen in the, the home leg here, um, which I would imagine it'll be interesting to see what he does, especially if he puts Ahmed on Johnny because um, we know how good uh, Ahmed is. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a good game, you know, and... But um, yeah, he's he's not gonna just let us win win and roll over. That's for sure. How much do you read into the early kickoff and whether that will play a part? Because we're we're kicking off at one o'clock. Barnsley at home to Shrewsbury at three. Portsmouth away to Burton at three o'clock. That's not an easy game. And Sunderland the late kickoff at Doncaster Rovers. So come the end of the day, that that second place could change hands several times throughout the day. Do you read anything into that or for us is it just about get those three points on the board and then just wait and see what happens? Yeah, exactly. I think you, you can't really read too much into it and at the end of the day if you win your you win your games, I don't know, well I'm just looking now. We won't we'll go joint second I think, won't we? But yeah, I think I so, yeah. But I think Barnsley got some superior goal difference by 10 goals or something. Mm. But listen, if we do, you know, if we do get the three points, it will certainly put pressure on them not um, and I'd rather be playing early than yeah. looking back going, oh, Charlton, I've got to win there, boys. There's another bit of pressure. So I'd rather be playing early. But, you know, it's the same old thing getting said, I know. But we just got to win our games. Win our games, that's all we could do. We win four out of four and we finish third. You know, that's we've done as much as we could yeah. at this point in the season. So, And you've got to think that if we don't beat Oxford, then our chances of the top two are over anyway. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I bet you'd think as so. You say, try and concentrate on ourselves. Um, to look ahead from the game, from a chart perspective, obviously Boyer did his press conference today um, and he was asked about the game and whether it was, again, a potential banana skin for his side. Yeah, I think all games now between now and the end of the season are banana skins. There's no easy one. Um, but that's not just for us, that's for everybody. Everybody's in the same boat. We're all trying to chase that, that second spot. Um, I think Luton are done, Luton are, Luton are go up. So there's four, four teams chasing the second spot. And all we can do is, is just be there. And, and if they don't capitalise on, on their opportunity that they have, that's all three of them above us. And then we will be there to, to grab it. I have no doubt of that. Any injury doubts? Um, no, no, we're fine. Um, we're all good. Nothing's changed for us. So we had a, near, near enough a full week of preparation. So uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And finally, any more developments on your contract situation? Um, yeah, we're just negotiating. Um, they put something to me, but it wasn't right. So that's what happens in, in these situations. Um, but I'm sure that, that, that we'll get there in the end. But that's not my focus at the minute. My focus is um, just winning the last four games. Would you like it all done up, tied up before the end of the season? What, my contract? Yeah. Um, yeah, but like I said, uh, I'm not even... <coughs> I'm focusing on that. That's that's the least of my worries. So I've no doubt that we're we'll get there in the end. So um but these games are gonna come thick and fast and, and my focus needs to be on that. Hey Bowie, thank you very much. Hi. Um just looking back on the weekend, the Luton game, um was that the best performance of the season, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. Um 
completely different performance. I thought on Tuesday night against Wickham, I thought we was outstanding because of the physicality and and what we had to step up to. But Saturday was a completely different challenge. Um, playing against a team that's going to go up, that's going to win the league. And I don't know how many games have been unbeaten, but we, I thought we was better than them from start to finish. Did they create some chances in the first half, hitting us on the break? Yes. But they're top of the league and they score goals from all over the park. So they're always going to create chances. They're a good side. And, and, and like I said after the game, from, from the first minute, I thought we was on top, then they scored, it's on the break, and we, we was unlucky there. And we went in half-time and undeservedly behind. And I said that to the lads, and I didn't think there was much to, to tell them to do anything different, because we was winning the ball back high and quickly, and we created chances ourselves, you know, Lowry at the bar first half. So um, it's pretty much going to do the same again. And if anything, the, the back four had to just get a bit tighter when we was attacking, because it was like we was at our, our weakest when we was attacking. So once we sorted that out, then I, I can't really remember Dylan having a save to make second half. And, and I thought we dominated it and um, we moved the ball very, very well and um, could have scored a couple more. And obviously, you said you've had to adapt the style of play now that with Carl and Garland Eagle coming in. Do you think you're playing better as a team now than, than you were at the start of the season because of an unbeaten run of what, 11, 12 games? Say no, I wouldn't say we're playing better now. I think the difference is now we've got a full squad. We haven't had that all season. Like The, the midfield, since January, I think, the midfield that we, we started with on Saturday was only the third time since January when Johnny came in that they've played together. So, no, I don't think it's that. I just think we've been so unlucky with injuries, and a lot of them. And um, it just shows how well the squad have done to, to keep us in and around it, coming into the stage we're in now. And now everyone's back. It just shows that our recruitment in the summer was good. So looking forward to Oxford, obviously, up against Carl. Um, when they came here last time, they sort of they tried to nullify your, your bike by match and your formation. Yeah. Is that something you look at to them, or do you just concentrate on your own game? No, we just do what we do. Um, and then 90% of football, people get carried away in formations and, and all the other stuff. That, that The most important thing is that you do the right things as players. 90% of football is off the cuff because I can't tell the players, right, you're going to be in this situation on this minute and you're going to have two players close. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where the ball's going to drop. So they have to anticipate it and and they have to be ready. And the training we do, we try to prepare them for all situations whether they're in a tight situation, whether they've got time on the ball. Uh, and, and then you just hope that the work that we've been doing with them makes them make the right decision when they're in them situations. And 
and that's what football is about. You play these formations and you try and you try and get an edge on someone here and there, but there's nothing that we can do apart from work on the training ground to make the players make the right decision, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. When we get to the final third, are you going to pick someone out, or are you just going to keep hitting the defender? If you keep hitting the defender, we ain't going to score goals. So, and that doesn't matter what formation you play. Uh, I'm speaking of the squad for this weekend. Obviously, Lewis Page and Jake played earlier this week. Did you get a chance to watch them? How did they play? And have they got a chance to make in this weekend? Yep, yeah, um, I, I watched them. That was on Tuesday. Um, I think it was a perfect game for Jake. Um, the formation they played, Jake was able to sit in front of the back four and not really have too much pressure on him. Um, didn't give the ball away, so I think it was the perfect game for Jake to come back into. Got through four or five minutes with ease, I thought, before he coasted through the game. Um, he looked very good, and, and Pagey was perfect for him, 1v1s against a winger. So, um, yeah, it was a good test for both of them, but in, in different ways. And uh, So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that they've got that into them there. They've reacted okay. They're fine. So um, we've just got to keep working hard with them, and and hopefully they can they can be in and around the squad before the end of the season. So this weekend will be too early for them. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a atmosphere around the club, isn't it? it? Seems to be a obviously keep talking about the positivity around the club, and there seems to be an expectancy now to to get promoted. Do, do you feel that expectancy or that that pressure? And do the players feel it as well? Either through automatic or, or the No, but this is what we've been pushing for from day one. I said, like, we're, we're going for top two. Like, and people at the start of the season might have thought, yeah, well, you've got no chance. But we have got a chance. And and I've always believed in, in this squad that, that we've put together. And whether we go up through automatic or, or not, or through the playoffs, then it doesn't matter how you get there. Would I be disappointed if we didn't go up for sure? Because we've worked hard and, and that's been our aim from the start. And and if we don't, then I'll be devastated because I believe that we're good enough to do it. On that point, you've obviously beaten Pompey home and away. You picked a point in Sunderland, you should have been more maybe. And the uh, Lubin, you should have beaten their, their run. Is it? Does a part of you kick yourself that you see points that you've dropped earlier on in the season uh, compared to where you are now? I think a, a tough time for us was around that, that Christmas period, and I think we've had a couple of, of periods when we've had a lot of players out, and, and we've been Saturday, Tuesday, and we ain't had the players to rotate, and I think that's that's hurt us. Where like last week, for instance, we went away to Plymouth, full squad. Wickham away Tuesday and obviously home to Luton. We had a full squad and we come away with nine points. I think that the results speak for itself when we're strong. But I think the Christmas time, when I think the only game we've lost this, this on the turn of the year, Fleetwood away, we had no strikers. Like, if you ain't got strikers, you ain't going to win games. Lowell was suspended, Carlin just got sold, and that's the only game we've lost. So 
there's been some situations that we've, we've been in that has been difficult for us to cope with, you know. Um, but what I would say is whenever whenever we've gone onto the pitch, we've given 100%. Like, no one can deny that. And uh, the lads have been great and we're in a situation now, a positive situation, that, that we're, we're pushing for promotion and, um, and I think we've got a very good chance of it. Um, finally, um, the, t- the team of the year was announced over this week and there wasn't a single child player in it. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, that's crazy, no? So who was in it? Uh, John Marcus is up top, a couple of Luton guys. Yeah, I can understand Luton players, but you're telling me none of my players have been yeah, crazy. But whoever does these things, it's, it's just a waste of time, man. Because it's, you're telling me none of them players are up to Josh Cullen. You t- tell me another better midfielder than Josh Cullen. Just played well. They're talking rubbish. They're flipping. Waste of time doing them things because people just pick who they want. So you're telling me none of my players are in the top 11. That's rubbish. Bowie yeah, there. Very pleased with the uh, the team of the year. Uh, I don't think he was the only one who was surprised. Um, looking ahead to that team, he's got a pick on Saturday. Sounds like it's going to be too soon for, for Jake and, and Lewis, but good to see them get some minutes this week, Lou, uh, Nath. Yeah. Did you just call me Lou? No. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Uh, yeah, no, it was, yeah, I think it would be a bit too soon. Um, but it was nice that they um, they come through it unscathed and Bo, you seemed like they looked like they were a bit ahead of schedule, which is good. Um, yeah, Saturday's a bit tricky because we've got, obviously, Saturday, Monday, mm. not a Saturday, Tuesday. Uh, Friday, Monday. Yeah, oh, Friday, Friday, Monday, yeah, Friday, Friday Monday. Um, it's going to be quite interesting because we're going to try. I'd imagine they'll have to freshen it up, um, especially players. I mean, I would play our strongest one first. I'd definitely play uh, more or less the full strength. Like, you know, your Billicks, your Cullens, your Johnnies, and who am I missing? And a Rebo. Yeah, that's who I would play. Um, and then mon- and Monday's game. That's probably where you probably try and get Lapsley in or something like that. Uh, Prattley. Yeah, I know that you're you're sort of begging that he comes in. <laughs> yeah. I suppose the first battle we'll talk about, as we have week on week, is Pierce versus Saar. Um, and for them, it's more down to the style of the opposition. Do you know enough about either of these sides to to know which way he might go with that? Well, Jerome's got uh, Jerome Sinclair's quite pacey, but he'll probably start on the on a on a wider berth and come inside if if. Uh, <laughs> Cole does go for a four-two-three-one because he did he did shake it yeah. up and done a four-four-two diamond there, um, but I can imagine him going, especially if we continue to play quite narrow. Um, who knows? We might go for three at the back, but if we don't, if we go two, I think I'd I'd probably keep Sarvin. He hasn't done anything wrong um, for me. He's got any? I just the only thing that worries me when we have par par Piercy and Bauer is is that bit of pace, and if someone gets in behind us. Parent and then Solly, we haven't really been blessed with pace at the back, so that's my only. Um, that was my only suggestion. But yeah, I'd I'd, I'd keep Sawyer in there. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned the midfield there. I guess the only the only question there might be around Belix uh, testicles. Took yes, a, took a fair whack several times last weekend. Bo, you mentioned there that that everybody seems fit. So for you, you think stick with that same eleven again? Obviously, Igor and Lyle up front, but yeah. that midfield really is where we could change it around. But you think just stick with your strongest, try and get the three points on on Friday, and then if you can, then you look to rotate Monday. That, yeah, that's what I do. Even though you know you you want to win your your home games, your favourite games, but I think they're 
um, without knowing too much in terms of the mm. you know the height. I don't think they're a great set piece team, so it's not like you'd be thinking of bringing Prattley in or anything like. That. But I think play your strongest team if they're all fit. Play your strongest, get the three points in the bag. Because what you don't want to do is start tinkering, not win the game. And then win all the others and we, we lose out by a point and you think, if only we didn't tinker mm. on that game. So, yeah, for me, I'd say get the three points in the bag, put the pressure on everyone below us, uh, below us, above us rather. Uh, but they would be below us if we win tomorrow uh, for a couple of hours. And then, yeah, get those in the bag and then see where it takes us for me. Do you think uh, when we come to Monday's game, do you reckon we, we will see Josh Parker? Um, he's someone that, that Bo, you mentioned in the Eagles piece earlier, just that he, he wasn't really sure that he... He was the reason behind Igor's upturn in form. So do you think he's someone who you would see starting? Or do you think if Igor just gets another 90 minutes under his belt? We've seen how tired he looks recently mm. towards the end of the game is what I'm thinking, whether maybe he'll get rested at any point. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, obviously, because we're playing obviously tomorrow, I think if Igor does another 70, 75 minutes um, and we get three points in a bag, um, it's, it's difficult because obviously if, if Igor scores again, I can't see him dropping him. But... It, yeah, you don't want to burn him out too much. So it could be an opportunity for Josh to come in. Um, I think if we do win tomorrow, I, I think Monday we might see, I think the laps leaves and that come mm. in a little bit more because we're at home and we're probably, well, obviously we're favourites. So, um, But yeah, it, 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 it wouldn't bother me. But it, if, you know, if Igor goes and get two, I think you can't really drop him after yeah. that. So, And then if he starts Friday and then Monday, you're probably only going to get what, 60 minutes out of him. So would you rather just give Parker the minutes because he's not really played a lot? But who, who knows? But I mean, I'm just going to think of tomorrow first mm. and make sure we win because it's going to be a tricky game. Hopefully the players will do the same. A couple of quick score predictions then, starting with the Oxford game. I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win, Charlton. Yeah. And Scunthorpe? Scunthorpe, I'm going to go for a 3-0 be all right six points out of six i'll do very nicely over the easter weekend that's all we've got time for here on chart and live um thank you very much for joining us cheers nath much love here's to uh the six points that nath has predicted over the easter weekend have a lovely easter everybody and we will see you next week see you later When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.